Welcome to the Next Level Sales Leadership Podcast. Uh, this is for sales leaders who want to up their game, shorten the learning curve, and become the greatest sales leader they can possibly be. I'm Derek Jankowski, your host. Uh, this week is actually a clip from one of the early mastermind calls. I keep hearing leaders talk about the book Radical Candor. So many people tell me that they own it and intend to read it, they show it to me, they just don't have time. Totally understandable, especially given how crazy things have been in the last year or so. So in this week's episode, I'm boiling down the Radical Candor model into an 11 minute summary and including actionable steps you can take depending on where most of your behavior tends to fall. Like I said, this is a clip from one of the early uh, next level mastermind calls. There's a section called TLDR, covers many of the great books that you wanna read, people keep telling you to read, but you don't have time for it. If you're interested in anything like that, or more on that, check out the Next Level Mastermind. Links in the comments or at DerekChinkhouse.com. Otherwise, I hope you enjoy this episode. All right, everyone, thanks for joining us. I'm gonna cover Radical Candor, the book by Kim Scott. It's really excellent. If you get a chance, I recommend that you read it. This is intended to remove the most actionable pieces from the book and give them to you. I encountered this book when I, I had a specific problem that I'll end up telling you about. And it was recommended to me by my boss and it almost instantly made me a better manager, made my team like me more. So she calls it being a kick-ass boss without losing your humanity. So the direct quote from her is, moving from command and control to successful collaboration isn't easy, but telling people what to do doesn't work. We've exactly found this to be true. We don't wanna to be told what to do. We wanna be guided, we wanna be taught. We don't wanna be ordered. All right, so Kim says that bosses, and she uses the word bosses instead of manager or leader or whatever, just to avoid the whole debate over the right word. If a person reports to you, you're a boss and you have three responsibilities. Guidance, which creates a culture on your team, both praise and criticism, that keeps everyone moving in the right direction and helps people get better at their jobs. Team building, that's understanding what motivates each person on your team well enough to help them avoid burnout or boredom to opposite ends of the spectrum, then also to keep the team cohesive. And then of course you have to deliver results and collaboratively is, is the best way to do that. So what is, what's the concept behind the book? Being radically candorous or using radical candor is an intersection of two ideas. One is caring personally, the other is challenging directly. So caring personally, what she talks about is it's not enough to care about how somebody does in their job. In order to have a good relationship, you have to care about the person, whether they do their job well or not. That makes, it, it is personal. The, the whole, it's not just business, it's personal. It makes me think of the Godfather, right? It's a deeply personal aspect at work. And but you also have to challenge people directly. That means delivering hard feedback, making challenging calls, doing things that aren't always popular, holding people you know, the high expectations. And we tend to think that these two things are opposites because challenging somebody directly feels mean. It, 
it, it doesn't feel like you're caring about somebody, but actually it's the preferred, it's preferred. So if you think about your boss, would you rather them tell you about the things that you need to do to get better? Or do you rather them hold it back from you so that you feel like they like, all right, so just giving some more context here. So most people fluctuate between what she calls ruinous empathy and obnoxious aggression. Ruinous empathy is when you're, you're, you're nice, you want to avoid the, avoid the issue and not hurt anyone's feelings. The problem is you can't actually bring positive change. And the analogy that she uses is somebody comes out of the bathroom and their flies down. So a person who is operating with ruinous empathy doesn't say anything. If that's you, or if you're acting like that, then you're worried about embarrassing yourself for the other person. And keep in mind, this isn't, it's not like a personality test where you're a ruinously empathetic person. It's strictly the behavior. So you can have any of these behaviors. Obnoxious aggression is somebody that attacks and or seems mean and that causes people to be afraid of you or resent you or both. Uh, manipulative insincerity is when you don't demonstrate that you care and you don't challenge people. So that might be somebody who lies for personal gain. They're going to create mistrust. It's going to seem like sabotaging. And so the ruinous empathy, I care about you, but I don't challenge you. Obnoxious aggression, I'll challenge you, but not demonstrate that I care about you. Radical candor is the sweet spot where you do both. I care about you a lot, and I care about you enough to be honest about a, that you're not doing well or you're, you're having a certain problem. This literally is what caused me to decide that I will always tell somebody when they have food in their teeth. I know it seems it's kind of silly, but it's one of those things where I realized I always want to know. I always want to know if I have food in my teeth. There's no situation where somebody telling me isn't a good thing. So I'll always do things like that. Now, when when we're operating under ruinous empathy, that the fault there, the problem is that it doesn't give the person we're interacting with an opportunity to create any kind of change. When we're operating under obnoxious aggression, we still often don't get change out of the people that we're working with because they become defensive. So we really want to focus on at, uh, delivering this radical candor type of communication. When I was, you know, when I was, when I had a team, I was for a while operating under obnoxious aggression because I'm, I'm just an extremely direct person and I want everybody to know what they need to do in order to get better. This wasn't always the case, but at a certain point I was, you know, I was really stressed out. So I stopped focusing on, the people part of the job and caring about the people who reported to me as much as I made sure they know what was going on here. And I got that feedback that people were afraid of me or uh, thought that I was mean. And so I swung in this other direction and I was just over, almost overly nice to people. And when my boss, this is what he saw when he joined the company and he said, you should read this book. And that, that made me realize why neither of these really delivered what I wanted and what the team needed to be able to do. 
So if you find yourself operating under any of these, here's what you do in order to get better. If you find yourself being ruinously empathetic, be more specific. That's it. Being very, very nice, great, that's excellent. But what is one specific thing that the person you're talking to can do in order to improve? If you're being obnoxiously aggressive, chill out. That's how I think about it. <laughs> chill out. Remember that you care about the person and make sure that you're conveying sincerity, not just go fix this, but I really want you to get to get better so that you can get better because that's, that's the right thing to do for you. Not for me as your boss or the company, but what you need, the lens you right here. And then if you're doing this stuff, you, go, you want to do both. You're manipulative, manipulatively insincere. And so what Kim talks about is if you're thinking through, how do I go apply this right now? Start with trust. If your team trusts you, they're more likely to accept and act on your praise and criticism to tell you what they really think about what you're doing to give you good feedback for you as the leader. If they trust you, they're more willing to engage in trusting behavior with one another, building, making the team stronger, and they'll focus on getting results. So start there. Am I doing things in order to help the team trust me? So how do you do that? So building a personal relationship with each rep. So not necessarily around work. What do they care about outside of work? Who's their significant other? What do they do? Somebody posted on LinkedIn a couple weeks ago that when they, they talked to, lead, to managers, the manager said, yeah, I know my reps really well. So this person said, okay, this rep, what is their significant other's name? And of course, the manager didn't, didn't know. So you might know somebody really well in the context of how work happens, of how they do their specific job, but that's different from having a, an excellent personal relationship with them. And again, having that personal relationship means that they'll trust you, they'll follow you much further. A lot can be going wrong, both within your own role, you can make a lot of mistakes, or within the company, and they just shrug it off because they, they trust you because you have that good relationship. The other thing to think about, this is really tough, especially for me, is being vulnerable. You never want to appear perfect. You never want to appear as if you know everything. You don't have to be better or smarter than the people who work for you. Uh, and it's okay to not know the answers. One of the companies I'm, I'm consulting with, I don't know nearly enough about their product. I get on one-on-ones with the reps and I'm just asking a bunch of questions. 15, 20 minutes later, they have some solution that I, would, I wouldn't have been able to come up with it, but now the rep is really bought into it because they helped come up with it. All right, and then some maybe disclaimers. This works only if the other person knows that your feedback is coming from a place of care. If they know that you care about them, you don't have to do the I like to call it the shit sandwich, which is compliment, critical feedback, compliment. Now you guys know what I'm talking about. That's, that te technique has been around long enough where we hear it, we know what it is. Everyone's rolling their eyes when they hear that kind of thing. Just tell somebody directly, hey, great call, but here's the thing you should go get better at. 
Let's go work on that together. If your rep knows that you care about them, that feedback is coming from a place of caring about them, very, very extremely unlikely they're going to be offended. And then also keep in mind, it's not a, this isn't an invitation to nitpick or go after every little detail. What's the one or two biggest things that you can work on with your rep in order to get them to the next level? All right, so what's being direct? Steve Jobs famously tore people apart verbally and they loved working for him. It's because he never made those things personal. He would tell people when their work wasn't good. You can, I know that you can do better than this. This work is shit. He would actually tell people, this work is shit. You can do better than this. He'd be louder and, and meaner, but uh, people would go back and they'd produce better work and they loved working for him. And personally, when I got challenging direct feedback like this, that's when I was most excited. And so when I did this with my reps, I noticed that that's also when they got excited because everyone wants to be good at their job and getting this kind of feedback helps people get better. The disclaimer here is doesn't mean your team's never going to be mad at you. You're going to make decisions that people aren't going to like. If you're not making decisions like that, if you never make decisions like that, it's possible you're straying into, into one of the quadrants that you don't want to be in. It's just so unlikely that, that every decision makes everybody happy. But it's going to be okay because people will know that you care about them and you're acting uh, in a way towards their best interests. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. If you're really into this, you want to go deeper, you want to go broader on things like this and really develop your skills as a sales leader, make sure to check out the next level sales leadership mastermind. The link to that is in the show notes. You can also go to DerekJankowski.com and click on the link there.